Hello everyone, this is Bhupinder Singh and welcome to these Wisdom Talk episodes. These are actually live recordings from my talks on Wisdom app where I'm honored by different guests who join me to bring the wisdom on their journey of self-realization. So you will hear me talk or have a dialogue to these wonderful, amazing people from different parts of the world with the different experiences. Or at times you will hear me just share my thoughts, my journey. So thanks for tuning in. And it is a treasure at your fingertips. And I hope this will help you in your pursuit, in your seeking, seeking happiness. So enjoy this talk and do listen to other episodes also. You don't want to miss these. Happy listening. Hello everyone, this is your host Bhupender Singh. Today's talk is about detachment. And when I say detachment, we have to first understand when someone says you have to detach, I have to understand what that word you really means Second, from what and whom I need to detach. So we need to step back here and find out first who we are. And if we don't know who we are, we can ask those Buddhas or masters, you might call them, who were able to find out who they were. Otherwise, it is very hard to understand this concept of detachment. The other day I was talking to a dear friend of mine on Wisdom app. And what I learned through that conversation, it almost seems detachment is seen sometimes as being not supportive. Whereas attachment is seen as being supportive. What I really mean by that is, for example, if your best friend is going through an emotion of, say, sadness, and you are hanging out with this friend, we all ask this question, what am I supposed to do? And I say nothing. Just be there. And then the question comes, do I need to be sad? Then I ask the question, if you are sad because your friend is sad, will it help your friend or will it truly help you other than relying on this belief that I'm sad with you I'm supporting you. I think we really 
need to investigate this. Instead of being sad, we just need to acknowledge what our your dear friend is going through in terms of the emotion he or she is experiencing. We cannot and we should not negate what this person is experiencing. We should not force them to come out of that sadness. But acknowledge, accept where they are. Support is not becoming sad with your friend that is very similar to someone who is drowning and you jump into the water knowing you don't know how to swim and you drown with them. But in our society or as per the societal norms, uh, support is defined as being unhappy when your friend is unhappy. I actually experienced this firsthand. And it was quite an experience for me. I was with a friend of mine at a bookstore and this bookstore opened late until 11 uh, p.m. and this this was pre-COVID days. So we had dinner, uh, late dinner, and then we were just taking a walk and decided to go into the bookstore and it was well past um, 10 o'clock, I think it was maybe 10.30 or something. And there were not many customers in that store and our intent was not really, we were not looking for anything in particular, it was more like browsing and there was only one person in the store. And then it was almost close to quarter to 11 and it's but natural for that person to go home. It was a young uh, lady. She approaches us as we are browsing these books and she goes, is there anything I can help you with? Yes, in her gesture, there was sort of the sign, oh, you better hurry up. So my friend got a little upset and said to me, let's go. I did. So we walked out of the store and my friend is throwing this fist and is angry. How dare that person tell me to leave the store? And I'm like, she didn't use those words. And my friend turns to me, are you not angry? I'm like, no. no. And, and my friend goes, you are mistreated. I said, listen, this is what I'm thinking in my mind and I'll be very, very honest with you. It is pretty late. I know she's an employee. She's supposed to take care of customers and she wants to go home. And honestly, I had no plans to spend the money. So maybe she was having a bad day. She wanted to go home and maybe her tone was not very warm, warm. And my friend now was upset with me because I was not angry. Even though I said, I do understand how you feel, but they wanted me to feel that situation or experience that situation 
the way they were experiencing. But I was not experiencing feeling rejected or being thrown out of the store. My mind was telling me this person wanted to go home, period. And what my friend told me in that moment, my friend who was angry saying, you don't support me. And I was taken back by that. And this person, this friend of mine, is a self-proclaimed healer through the work they do. And for a moment, I doubted myself. I must be doing something wrong. So I talked to another friend of mine. I normally go to, to sort out some of these things, even though I, I, I knew um, I didn't fake anything. That's what I felt. And I expressed myself, myself clearly. So this friend of mine who's a straight shooter said, that person needs to heal. Your friend needs to heal. First off, they were angry. Second, their notion of support is you drown in the same anger in which they were drowning. So the takeaway from this story is this happens quite often with us and somehow it becomes our conditioning where we define support as being sad with the person or your friend when they are sad. And you sort of pretend to be sad because the opposite of that is you remain calm, you remain detached. And people will perceive it differently. And the importance of detachment is this. If you are a swimmer and you are swimming in water, the only reason you can swim, of course, you have to know swimming. When I say only reason, that is more in context of the word detachment that we're trying to understand is for the swimmer to first off remain in the water. That water is the emotion. Not run away from that emotion. Stay with that emotion. But here's the key part. Remain detached to that emotion. The only way to experience the emotion is to maintain that gap. For the swimmer to swim is not to hold on to that water. Holding on is attachment. Then that emotion drowns us. The same water which helps the swimmer to swim can drown. When the swimmer tries to hold on to the water, when we try to hold on to an emotion, the emotion will drown us. What that means is we will lose our true self. We will identify with that emotion. Instead of saying, I'm experiencing 
say sadness, now I'm saying I am sad. Now here comes who you are in that moment. And if you don't know who you are, you are going to get attached to every emotion, every thought, and you will go through whatever is, however that emotion is flowing, however that emotion is changing. For a swimmer to swim in the water, the swimmer has to remain detached. And why the swimmer remains detached? Because the swimmer has the wisdom which says, if you want to swim across this river, you have to remain detached to the water. So that piece of information I call wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge. And when we don't have the wisdom, what happens? We drown. We do not understand ourselves. We do not understand emotions then it becomes a problem. Secondly, remaining centered is a better way to support someone. Remaining centered means remaining detached. Another example here. For, say for example, there is a mother and a child. And the mother is inside the house, the child is playing outside with his or her friends and the child falls down on concrete and hits his head against the pavement and passes out. And someone goes into the house and tells the mom or the mother that her son had a bad fall and has passed out. Now the mom rushes out and then when she sees her son lying on the ground on the side of the pavement, she also passes away. And in that moment, she went out there to take care of her child. But if she becomes attached in that moment to that situation, what has happened? She cannot do her part. She cannot be that mother. So what I'm trying to say is, when we are detached, we can be there for someone. But when we become attached, we are not really able to support. Support means acknowledge. And if your friend or the other person chooses to come out of that emotion when they're ready, you receive them without judgment. But when we start experiencing the same emotion our friend or the next person is experiencing, what are we trying to do? We are actually trying to take ourselves out of that emotion to which we have become attached. It's not really about the other person in that moment. Let me clarify that again. When we become attached to the emotion the person next to us is experiencing, we also start experiencing the pain, say in this case is hurt. So I'm in pain now, I'm hurting. 
My friend was already hurting. And how do I get out of this pain or the hurt? I got to fix my friend. So what is at the back of that? I want to feel better because I'm attached to them. I cannot be happy because my friend is sad. But if I'm detached, I can really take care of the person next to me, of my friend, or it could be any family member. So if you really want to support someone, if you want, really want to be there for someone, you have to remain detached like the swimmer is detached from the water. This is not masking that emotion. This is not denial. This is embracing and let that emotion flow through us. Let that emotion flow through us because that emotion in that moment is bringing something to the surface. But if I become attached to that emotion, I will not be able to receive what is being brought up to the surface. That emotion is actually telling something about me which I could not have seen or discovered otherwise. There was something deep down within me now that came to the surface. A lot of people reject it. Then you lose the opportunity to know about you. There are other people who become attached to that emotion. They cannot see what the emotion brought to the surface. But there are third category of people who have honed the art to remain detached from that emotion. So they can see what this emotion brought to the surface. There was a part that was hidden. And once we can see that part of our part that came to the surface, we learned something about ourselves. Isn't that opportunity? But when is that emotion an opportunity? That's only when we remain detached. I know it is not easy to do. It is hard. I know today's society, our majority of the people, have a very different definition of support, which is, if I'm drowning, you better drown with me. Then you're not supporting. You're not my friend. So let me share a little story here where I actually tried to experiment with the uh, concept I'm trying to share with you here, which is about de remaining detached. So this is maybe a couple of years back. My mother-in-law, uh, I live in uh, U.S. and my in-laws, they live in Canada and the borders were closed uh, so we couldn't travel. And I came from work and my wife was uh, sad. So I asked her, I said, what happened? Um, how was your day today? Did something uh, happen at work? She goes, no, mother is not well. I'm like, uh, what happened to her? And uh, she had an ongoing problem with her feet where um, there was some infection at the bottom of her both feet and she couldn't put her 
uh, uh, feet on the ground, so she couldn't walk a whole lot. She was almost uh, stuck in the house for a couple of years. And that day looks like the infection uh, got worse, so there was too much pain, and that was the reason my uh, wife was sad. So um, I, I changed, I had my tea, but I was not sad. And my wife noticed that. So after a half an hour or so, she looked at me again and she goes, you don't care what's happening to mother? I'm like, I do care. And the response was, then how come you are normal? Okay. So I didn't say anything, but if you really hear what, what is being said is, because I am sad, so if you're not sad, you don't care about the mother. But it's not true, which I definitely clarified in that moment. So what I'm trying to say is, when we are detached, it is hard for people to comprehend. And they could draw conclusions. But we can always use this gift of language, of speaking, and clarify that we are not careless. And then, after some time, when I said that, it was sort of a, a, not very comforting to my wife. So now I was consciously going to um, drive home a point. So I said, I understand what you are experiencing now and acknowledge that. Nothing, it's not about being right or wrong. It's, it's where you are in this moment. And you can remain here for whatever time you need to. But here's the point. If you being sad in this moment helps your mother, then I will also become sad. And what I said next will be very discomforting to most people. I said, us being sad helps your mother. We can have 10 or 15 people in here. And will that help your mom? Definitely no. So at this point, you can imagine uh, things were a little tense. So I interjected. I said, I really want to do something for your mother. What are our other, other options at our hand? Of course, we cannot be there physically. So I said, is there anything we can do in this moment to make her feel better? And I'm all for it. And she's trying to think now. I said, why don't we call her? Let's talk to her. And there you go. So we picked up the phone. I dialed the number. I talked to my mother-in-law, whose feet were hurting due to the infection. There was a lot of pain. So I asked my mother-in-law, I said, in, in the house, I, I knew uh, the people, of course, who, who lived there. She had two grandkids, um, her husband, and uh, extended family in, the, in that area. And I said, Mom, can we start counting what 
things we could be grateful for in this moment before you go to bed. It was, of course, in the evening. And I said, look, you can, you can hear me and you can talk to me. It's amazing, isn't it? And you can watch that TV. And she goes, yeah. Initially, she was like, what kind of dumb questions these are? And I said, where are your grandkids? And she just started talking about them. And you know, when grand grandmothers start talking about the grandkids, they can't stop. And it was all those good things. The smiles these little children bring. And as she started talking slowly, she was changing. She, she, she was feeling different. And I think it was about 30 minutes. So the point here was when we can, when we can draw someone's attention towards what they have instead of what they don't have, it can transform right in that moment. And then we hung up the phone. So I asked my wife, how do you feel? And I could see a smile on her face. Mission accomplished. And why this mission was accomplished? Detachment. So I said to my wife, now I can talk to you very freely. I said, I can only support someone if I am in this place of detachment, where I can acknowledge, I can accept where you are, but remaining detached, I can draw your or your mother's attention towards something that was skipping her attention. Because we have the tendency as awareness, I'm going to repeat it, we have the tendency as awareness to always pay attention to what we don't have. As awareness, we have the tendency by default to pay attention to what we don't have. But if we have the Guru in form of the wisdom, in form of the understanding, and turn our attention towards what we have, that's a place of gratitude. That's a place of abundance. And abundance is our home. So, if I want to remain in this home called abundance, a place of gratitude, and at any and at any cost, I have a commitment with myself not to leave this place called my home. I will remain detached. So the detachment actually comes from wisdom. Only when I have found my home, only when I am in gratitude, only when I understand who I am and how I function, we have become conditioned, I call it. I'm not trying to point fingers at anyone saying the society or my parents have given me these belief systems. 
somehow I made that choice. Nobody can put a thought inside me unless and until consciously or subconsciously I choose to do so. By this very statement might not sit well with a lot of people because this statement is a step towards empowerment. Instead of holding someone else responsible for my belief system, I'm taking responsibility for it. I'm saying I had the power, I had the freedom to take that piece of information, which is called belief, and keep that with me. I made a choice consciously or subconsciously. If I had the freedom to choose to believe in that belief, then I must have the freedom and choice to throw away that belief. First, we have to be accountable. That will give us the freedom to get rid of the belief. The belief here that I'm talking about is the definition of support. If I drown with someone who's drowning in water, that is not support. If I remain on the shore, if I remain detached, I can help you. If my dear friend is drowning in emotions and I remain in this place of gratitude, I can be of service. As you listen to my words, reflect on what is being said here. You made a choice, consciously or subconsciously, to carry that belief. Now you have the choice and the freedom to throw away that belief. You do have that freedom. It's as easy as that. And now we're talking about beliefs. Let me further take this conversation unless someone wants to jump in here and share their thoughts about detachment or their practice of detachment. And let's explore this topic. Let's understand why detachment is important. And detachment is not a spiritual term. It's for all of us. Detachment does not mean now I'm just moving into a different different domain um, when we talk about being spiritual, spiritual or materialistic. Here the definition of 
detachment is taken as to leave the material world and live in isolation or on a mountaintop, just, just saying. I don't consider that detachment. Yeah, you could do that to take a break, but to make that a lifestyle and call it a detachment, I struggle to understand that unless someone can uh, shed more light on that. For me, detachment is being in the water and not drowning in the water. Detachment is being in the material world and yet not drowning in the material world. What that really means. When we say material things, we normally talk about our um, assets or possessions. And these possessions could be tangible or non-tangible. Tangible possessions. The money in my bank, my car or my house and so on. Intangible possessions, for example, my title. So what I'm saying, have these possessions, but remain detached to them. What that really means is my possessions should not possess me. It's okay to have the material world, the possessions, but these possessions should not possess me. These possessions should not define me. I should not be identifying with these possessions. And if we don't have this piece of wisdom, our definition of detachment means running away from the material world. But we are physically running away from the material world. And this is also a belief that I am this physical body. So you already had a falsified self that I am this physical body. I am in this physical body. I can take my physical body to a remote place, but I'm actually taking the whole material world with me as my mind, as those thoughts. I might divorce a person, means physically leave them, but in my mind I'm still thinking about that person. I am still attached. So we have to truly understand detachment has nothing to do with our physicality, not with the material things. It's not my body that is attached to my possessions. It is in the, in the form of thoughts. I'm attached to the material world. I'm thinking night and day about the money I have in my bank, that is an attachment. And when my stocks go up, I am having a great day. That's attachment. My stocks go down, the market crashes. Now I'm having a bad day. This is attachment. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm making clear you have a choice. You have a choice and you have to live with those 
consequences of your choice. But if you are so aware of the consequences, I don't think you will choose to get attached to the material world, but you will actually live in this material world. You will be that swimmer who's in the water but never drowns. So instead of leaving the material world physically, our mind has to be untouched by this material possessions of ours. That is the monk. The mind is the monk. And if you need time to take a break, go to a place away from all these uh, materialism, it is okay. But to make it a lifestyle, I have not been able to comprehend that. I, I, I thought about that once, maybe 15, 20 years, but it, it didn't sit well with me. I thought I was like that swimmer who was drowning in water. And the easy way out was to not go into the water. And yet sit on the grass on the side and say, Oh, look, I'm detached. I'm not drowning. I'm spiritual. It didn't sit well with me. I actually told myself, you need to go back in there, Bhupender. You might drown in the beginning, but you will learn how to swim. So in the same fashion, this notion of detachment in the spiritual world of leaving physically this material world, I don't know how it serves people. Rather, you should practice your spirituality, your detachment by being of this world, but not drowning in this. Take this challenge and you reap huge rewards from it. You will grow. Watch those emotions surfacing now. Watch those beliefs popping left and right. Watch those thoughts trying to cut my thoughts. Let them do it. The whole point of coming out here and doing this talk is to challenge myself, my own beliefs, and when you hear my inner dialogue in form of these talks, I hope you take something away from these conversations that I normally have as my self-reflections. And I will say I, I, I gained a lot from these self-reflections, a lot from challenging myself. And you might well gain from that. So at this point, I would like any of the listeners to step up here and maybe share or challenge the thoughts that I put on the table. And let's see what we can explore, what we can learn new by challenging every thought, every way of life and come up with something new that really serves us. Because even when we talk, 
exchange ideas. If we are not detached from our mind, from our thoughts, we cannot hold a dialogue. We will be afraid to speak because the fear of rejection of what? Of the thought. So in that moment, I'm attached to my mind, I'm attached to that thought, and I'm thinking, I have this thought. And let me ask you, how many different thoughts you have in a day? So the scientists tell us about 70,000 to 90,000 average number of thoughts a human mind processes. So I will ask you, which thought are you? If you're attached to the thought. Oh, you take on so many identities in a day. So tell me which one of these thought is really you. That's total instability. And when we are attached to our thoughts, we are instable. That is actually called anxiety. That is actually called fear. That is actually represents stress. So I have used the term detachment in context of mind here, the thought here. So second big belief, the first belief that I am this physical body. No, you are in this physical body. Second, I am this mind. No. The mind is because of you. You are greater than this thought. You are not this thought. The thoughts are coming from you. And when we know, when we are aware, when we have wisdom as that guru who we listen to that says remain detached to these thoughts, we are actually a monk. The mind we are not attached to. And now you can have as much, any amount of material wealth. But when you don't identify yourself with it, or you have a thought, and you will be so open to share those thoughts with others, because it's but natural. Everyone will not agree with us. It is the beauty of, this, of, of us as humans. It is the beauty of the diversity of minds. And if someone says, has shown me two minds that are 100% alike, no such thing exists. The compatibility could be only to a certain degree. We can only agree up to a certain point, and we might not agree. But when I tie myself to that thought, I identify myself with that thought, then we are not having a dialogue. We are not having a conversation. Then there is no exchange of energy. Then it's the fear of being rejected. And in that fear, we don't ask questions. We don't express ourselves freely. What good is that? We need to create that space for each other by remaining detached. To what? To the thoughts we are going to share. 
just imagine the beauty of that. It's like putting these different flowers, different colors, and making a bouquet of flowers. That is a conversation. That is, my friends, is a dialogue. That is how we connect with each other, by remaining detached at the level of mind. That is how we build relationships. It is not about agreeing or disagreeing with me. It is about bringing diversity to the table. These days they talk a lot of, about inclusiveness. Let's look at the mind, at the level of mind. Are we able to accept other people's point of view, perspective, without rejecting it, without judging it? Only when we remain detached from our own thoughts. Because when I judge someone, it's a thought. And why I am judging or rejecting someone? Because I am not carrying the same thought this person has. So either I listen to them, take that thought, or I try to cut them, their thought. And that's the result of being detached. We can explore this topic for hours, or at least I can. And I see a benefit. But we need to have a very clear understanding. Being detached does not mean I'm careless. It means I don't care about you. It means I'm carefree. I will maintain this place of mind, this space of mind where I'm filled with gratitude, I'm detached. And I see the beauty in diversity, diversity of the color of the skin, diversity in terms of these different colors of the thoughts. And when all these colors come together, the rainbow, my rainbow is complete. So, <laughs> having said that, you are invited to bring the colors of your thoughts and we can complete that bouquet. We can have a conversation. So I'm going to wrap up this uh, talk uh, at this point and actually go practice uh, what I'm talking about or practice more of it. And before I leave, uh, I do see at least 60 people pass through this uh, um, room, you can call it, or this space of gratitude or the place of gratitude. Um, so you're more than welcome to join our, uh, the stage. Or uh, I'm also grateful if you uh, took the time out of your schedules to listen to this and hopefully... Um, you gained something uh, um, as I shared my inner dialogue with you. So with that, um, thank you everyone. And I will talk to all of you soon and have a great uh, 
rest of the day, depending where you are. Until next time.